Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. As the world turns around us in direction so unknown Pulled from every side we are The streets even on our phones How can we decide? How can we really know? When to stop and hesitate And when's okay to go? Our teachers give us guidance To live life properly how we can avoid a fall stay strong spiritually but if we are not careful it can surely take a toll on our own we must be sure what's best for our souls Choosing right from wrong 
Well, boys and girls, I know we're in the middle of this song, and usually on Pesach night, we sing the song really late, and some of you fall asleep. Well, now we're teaching you a new Chagadia, so you can stay up all night long, and then at the end, you could sing two Chagadias, the regular Chagadia, and this new Chagadia. Isn't that a great idea? Well, come on, everybody, we're up to the third verse, so get ready to sing along, because you know what's going to happen now, the music. That's a great song. Where'd you hear it? I spent a Shabbos in Liverpool, of course.
J.M. in the A.M. Good morning, good morning, and good morning. How's everybody doing on this Wednesday, 24th of March, 11th of Nissan? Shlomo Katz with Hashata. Dayenu done by the New York Boys Choir. Schlockrock Schad Gadya. Behisha Amda was Yaakov Shweki. Schlockrock with the Bedika Schamitz. Tomorrow night is Bedika Schamitz. Listen to your Neshama, brand new from your Achmiel Begun. Regesh, Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. 48 degrees, 80% humidity, winds are east at 6 miles per hour. Rain this afternoon with a high of 57, then tonight. Rain ends overnight and a low of 51, partly cloudy for tomorrow, a high temperature 67 degrees. Yerushalayim at 59, 48 now in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. A um, couple of uh, news items. Number one. Uh, we opened the show yesterday regarding this uh, terrible fire in Spring Valley. In one way, we are so mournful and uh, and so sad with the loss of life. And um, there is no doubt that our community up in Rockland County not only responded and participated with so many volunteer firefighters and emergency personnel to do what they could uh, during the tragedy early Tuesday morning, uh, and the and the terrible, terrible uh, result that uh, we are now aware of, that there's one resident dead and uh, one firefighter missing, which is, of course, a terrible, terrible sign. Um, so we pray. We pray for the victims. We pray for those who are injured, and we uh, give tremendous thanks to those who run into the buildings for the sole purpose of saving lives, it is unbelievable. And it's not just a Jewish trait, it is an incredible human trait shared by so many who uh, focus on the common good and who train themselves to give of their life if necessary. Uh, or to risk their life would be more accurate. Nobody actually wants to volunteer to give their life, but to risk their life in order to save someone. So our thoughts are with everybody up in Rockland County in the aftermath of the fire. Uh, In Israel, of course, the focus is uh, yesterday's election day. It does not look like, it does not look like the prime minister is going to be able to form any type of real coalition. Um... Doesn't seem like it. Doesn't seem like it. And um, I guess there are two possibilities. I mean, someone like Mayor Weingarten will enlighten us, you know, further, but I guess there's two possibilities. Either the prime minister does try to form a coalition or get a couple of mandates from a party we wouldn't expect, and therefore he would get over 60. Or, and some might even argue, even in that situation, there'll be another election because, you know, that type of government tends to fall pretty quickly, as we've seen over the last two years. So we might actually be uh, heading to another election. And it's funny because yesterday it looked like he was going to make the 60. It looked like Bibi would be able to form a government. And then as time went on, uh, the numbers shifted a drop and, and it seems like that's the end of that. But who knows? Who knows? We'll talk more about it, obviously.
in the aftermath of yet another Israeli election as we get closer and closer to the holiday of Pesach. With tremendous sadness, we uh, share the news that our good friend, and um, that's the only way to put it, a really good friend, somebody who proved to be such a great friend over the years, uh, the wonderful Ira Eisenman, I should say Rabbi Ira Eisenman, uh, passed away last night. Funeral takes place later today, and uh, no words at this time can sufficiently uh, describe the sadness that we have for somebody that we've been in touch with and who we've always enjoyed his company and his family's company and who has been such a an important part of every type of uh, association with this network, from the good-natured humor to the Florida representatives to being responsible for having me down in Florida more than once. So we remember Ira Eisenman, and of course, uh, condolences from all of us here at the Nahum Siegel Network to his beloved wife, Sina, who I can't praise enough for being such an amazing human being and proving it during this whole episode. And of course, his children and grandchildren and everybody in his family and... um, May his memory be a blessing for all of us, and trust me, it will be. Trust me, it will be. Uh, we talk about the world being a better place because of somebody's presence. Uh, this world was certainly a better place because of Ira Eisenman's presence, and I will miss his. Uh, I, I will miss being in touch with him. I will miss hearing him share good news with me, and I will certainly miss his sense of humor, which was uh, always welcome. So again, that um, uh, the funeral will take place later today. Our condolences to the entire family, who obviously will be sitting in abbreviated shiva. Uh, and uh, may we only share smachot in the future um, uh, together. Uh, both uh, the Eisenman family, the Siegel family, and of course this entire audience. Wednesday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. While we are getting closer and closer to the holiday of Pesach, it is, um, well... I know it starts Saturday night, but for us and for our purposes, it sort of starts on uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, one of the things we've been begging people to do as part of our big campaign over the last couple of weeks is to do a random act of chesed. Do something that will bring a smile to someone's face. Do something that will alleviate some of the financial pressure that people go through this time of year. And we've given a million suggestions. And by the way, tonight and tomorrow, golden opportunities to send dinner over to large families or any size families that have already changed over to Pesach because a lot of working people are leading our families, both men and women, and they have no choice but to work on preparing for Pesach at night and do not have an opportunity to provide a good meal, a good chametz meal for their children. So guess what? Call your local pizza shop. Get a fun dinner for the kids. Call your local takeout place. Ask them to send over dinner for six, seven, eight, whatever the number is, to a specific family. Boy, will they appreciate it. And when you do this, when you do this gesture, no matter what it is, whether it's buying a, Oh, yesterday, by the way, this made me feel so good. Uh, when when someone listens to the archive of um, JM and the AM, and, and a million people listened yesterday to the archive, um, the... Um, 
someone so when you listen to the archive and if you comment on the app while you're listening to the archive it goes into that show's comments so if you go to the archive from yesterday's pre-pesach show somebody named malki writes hi i was so inspired by the chesed campaign you promoted that i left a bottle of wine on the doorknob of a divorced friend and shipped another a book for yom tov thank you for inspiring me chag sameach if that doesn't say it all, I don't know what does. Uh, when they thank you, after you've done your, your act of chesed, when they thank you, remember, the answer is no, 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 no. Do not thank me. Simply do a similar type of thing for somebody else. That similar type of thing does not have to cost a lot of money. In some cases, it doesn't have to cost anything. But just please don't thank me. Just before Yuntif, before Friday afternoon, do something similar for someone else. Bring a smile to their face. Sometimes just calling somebody will, will enhance their Yuntif and uh, you know, will be something that they'll think about during the three days of Shabbos and Yuntif. Uh, listener Edie on the app informs us that they sadly did find the body of the missing firefighter. Terrible, terrible story. Uh, Adiva Leia writes, thank you for all you are saying about the brave firefighters of Rockland County. Also remember, not only do they run into the building when everyone else is running out, since Rockland's 100% volunteer, they also leave family dinners, work, even shul sometimes whenever the whistle blows. And Shlomo Pomerantz wrote to me about other situations, not just fires, that the volunteer firefighters get involved with and are asked to come and help people with. I mean, we're talking about floods and and um, and um, uh, when things happen to someone's home. I mean, they're they're involved in a lot. You th- you think they're sitting there just waiting for a fire to break out? It's not the case at all. So thank you for pointing that out. And yes, it's important to express hakara satov. It's important to express appreciation to everybody, both those in our community and those who are neighbors of ours who are not of the Jewish faith just how indebted we are for the sacrifice that they make. And that goes to every neighborhood that's listening around the world. Unless, God forbid, you're in a neighborhood where, you know, it's impossible to get along with the neighbors. But uh, if, uh, if, it's, if it's the way it works here, at least the way it seems it works here, it's important for us to reach out and show appreciation for those who stick their neck out for all of us, no matter what our background is. JM in the AM on a Wednesday morning at 21 minutes before 7 o'clock. More coming up. We'll, uh, oh, Leon Goldenberg is going to join us. We'll spend a little bit of time in the 7 o'clock hour with uh, one or two of the candidates for mayor uh, for New York City. It's one of the things we're focused on because, frankly, the city needs a, needs a reboot, to say the least. I know a lot of things that the mayor, the current mayor, is dealing with are really urgent and important, like things that he spoke about yesterday. I know those are really important. I'm not minimizing it. But boy, does he have a lot, so many more bigger issues to deal with if this city's going to survive the next few years. Uh, also, in hour number um, three this morning, we'll talk a little bit more about vaccinations, encourage more and more people to go get the vaccine. An informational session with our friends from Joma in the 8 o'clock hour this morning right here at JM in the AM. Adir bimlucha, bachurka lucha, 
J.M. in the A.M. <clears throat> there we go. Uh, an amazing collection of um, Ben Sion Schenker selections. And what could be better than that, frankly? Uh, <laughs> not much. <laughs> He's got a uh, a plethora <laughs> of amazing songs from the Haggadah. And uh, you were just treated to some of them here at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, you heard the uh, Betzeis Yisrael, you heard the Dayenu, the Chadgadja, the Pesach medley done by Mayor Davis. Wednesday, JM in the AM with 48 degrees, some rain this afternoon, high of 57. The rain will end tonight, then partly cloudy for Thursday, and a high of 67 degrees. Tomorrow is Badika's Chametz. Yerushalayim right now at 59. <clears throat> we are at uh, 48 degrees here in uh, New York City. <clears throat> Excuse me as we say good morning at JM in the AM. I want to give a special good morning to Avrami Jordan. I want to thank Avrami Jordan. He uh, they they had posted they had posted a concert video from almost thirty years ago online, and everyone was rightfully um, pointing out all the musicians and who was involved. And then out of nowhere, he says, "Don't forget the announcer." I was, it, what a creative way to start a concert. You know how you uh, mentioned during the concert at some point who all the musicians are, and they do their thing, you know, some type of solo act before, uh, you know, before the next one's introduced. We did that to start the concert, a concert that we did uh, with a band that we called the MBD Super Band. That goes back almost 30 years. Unbelievable. Anyway, Avrami Jordan, and thanks for being out there. Much appreciated. Want to thank those who have been uh, responding to our plea to be kind to others and do something extraordinary. And you know what I mean by extraordinary? Anything that costs, you know, a dollar or more. Uh, for people that uh, you know, especially those who you know are going to be alone for Pesach, especially those who you know who could use some uh, alleviating of the financial pressures that Pesach presents. 
Uh, one of the classic things that we have been discussing is the ncsygreatadventure.com, ncsygreatadventure.com. In addition to buying your tickets for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, you could donate tickets that will go to underprivileged children and families, and you can give, literally give, a great Cholomoed trip to a family that would never, ever experience it, ever. Trust me, never. Um, so you could be responsible for that, which is pretty cool. Uh, go to ncsygreatadventure.com, ncsygreatadventure.com. You will see how, um, you'll see there, the donate button, and then when you donate, the um, the number of tickets that you have pledged will go into... Uh, will go into your cart, let's put it that way, at the top right of the page, and then you just click on that cart, you pay for it, and you've now donated tickets. That's how it works. NCSYGreatAdventure.com, plus there's an email, there's a phone number if you have any problems or if you want to speak to them directly. There's email and phone numbers there listed, which you can uh, go ahead and, you know, speak to them directly. Simple as that. Anyway, hop aboard the campaign, everybody, and when someone thanks you for providing dinner for their family for tonight, because you're sending over pizza or takeout, uh, when someone thanks you for sending over a bottle of wine for the family to enjoy, when someone thanks you because there's a uh, because you've sent a new book to their home and you know that they're going to be a little bit lonely over Yontif and it'll help pass the time delving into an interesting book, all you have to say is, don't thank me, just do something similar for somebody else. Simple as that. Tomorrow, as someone just commented on the app, tomorrow is Tanis Bechorim. And just after 7 o'clock, maybe like 7.10 tomorrow morning, Rabbi Goldwasser will be with us, and he'll conduct a seum, a seum that normally would be on Erev Pesach, but this year Erev Pesach is Shabbos, and Friday, of course, is Erev Shabbos, so Tanis Bechorim will be observed uh, or will be uh, exempted with a seum on Thursday, tomorrow morning, right here in the 7 o'clock hour at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network. And of course, anybody love it, NSN app. Looks like the Israeli election is not going to result in 60 seats for one coalition. That's the way it's looking right now. Surprise, surprise, as the expression goes. There really might be another election this year, which would be unbelievable. Every major holiday now on the Jewish calendar has to be accompanied by an election. <laughs> Pesach week, maybe we'll have one like right after Sukkot. <laughs> I don't know the earliest that the next election can take place. It's actually a very good question. I guess you have to wait and see how long it takes for the attempt to form a government. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 1 p.m. newscast for Wednesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JMN. Galitzal, Mirushalayim, Ashachat, Shalom Rav, Baulpan, Rani Avnai, Ima Shekorei Achshav. לאחר ספירת כ-87% מהקולות, גוש נתניהו עם בנט מגיע ל-59 מנדטים ורעם עוברת את אחוז החסימה והופכת להיות לשון המאזניים. השר אלי כהן מהליכוד אמר לאמיר איבגי בגלי צהל, זה לא ריאלי להקים ממשלה בתמיכת עבאס, גם בני גנץ וגדעון סער מוזמנים להצטרף אלינו. מכיוון שהם לא מכירים במדינה יהודית ודמוקרטית, אני לא רואה בנושא הזה בתפיס משותף. בנוסף לכך, זה לא מעשי, קואליציה של 60 מדעת, שיש תמיכה של ארבעה מבחוץ. בפני גדעון סער עומדת אלטרנטיבה, או להמשיך בנושא של סוגיות אישיות, או לפעול להקים ממשלה יציבה, כי האלטרנטיבה בנושא הזה ללכת לבחירות, זה פשוט להימחק. כתבתנו המדינית מוריה 
כעס, רב אולברג מוסרת שבעקבות העימות בין השר צחי הנגבי מהליכוד לעמיתו במפלגה שלמה קרעי, בליכוד הנחו את השרים לחדול מרעיונות בתקשורת. וחבר הכנסת ווליד טאה מרם אמר בגלי צה"ל, מבחינתנו הכל פתוח. אנחנו מדברים עם כולם, עם כולם אבל עם כולם. אנחנו חברנו רק לגורם אחד בלעדי, לחברה הערבית שלנו. תכלית, תכלית ההשתתפות הפוליטית שלנו משמעה שאנחנו צריכים לעשות את הכל כדי לשרת את האזרח הערבי. ארבעה בני אדם נפצעו, שניים מהם קשה, בתאונת דרכים בין שלי כלי רכב בכביש 85. סמוך לצומת חנניה שבגליל, צוותי מד"א הוזעקו למקום. פלסטיני דרס לוחם מג"ב ופצע אותו קל בעיירה עזריה שמבזרח ירושלים בעת ניסיון מעצר. הכוח ניגש אל הרכב בעקבות מידע מודיעיני על נשק בלתי חוקי. נהג הרכב עצר תחילה, אך לפתע האיץ ופגע בלוחם. כתבנו ביהודה ושומרון שחר גליק מוסר כי הלוחם לא נזקק לטיפול רפואי. כוחות המשטרה מבצעים מצוד אחר הנהג הפוגע. ראש ממשלת איטליה לשעבר סילביו ברלוסקוני מאושפז בבית חולים במילאנו, כך מסרו מקורות יודעי דבר לרויטרס. כתבת חדשות החוץ, ציון סימפסון גרוסמן. ברלוסקוני מאושפז מיום שני מסיבה שטרם ברורה, אך גורמים המקורבים אליו מסרו לרויטרס כי אין סיבה לחשש, ושראש ממשלת איטליה לשעבר זקוק רק לכמה ימי מנוחה. נזכיר כי לברלוסקוני בן 84 היסטוריה של בעיות לב, שהוא החלים מסרטן ושבספטמבר האחרון חלה בקורונה. טרם ברור בגין מה התאשפז. מזג האוויר לסיום, ירידה ניכרת בטמפרטורות, הן תהיינה נמוכות מהרגיל לעונה, גשמים מקומיים צפויים בעיקר בצפון הארץ, ייתכנו גם במרכז, רוחות חזקות מאוד מנשבות עכשיו בחוץ, האובך השקע בהדרגה. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. Appointment to my brothers I
J.M. in the A.M. There you go. Adir Hu, that's the great Rabbi Shlomo Kalbach. Uh, Luzi Klatsko, the brand new song of the Four Sons. You heard the news from Israel. Looks like the Tanyahu's coalition is stuck at 59 seats out of a necessary 60 or 61. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I guess necessary 60 actually would be the uh, the way of putting it. Six-hour difference right now between us in New York and uh, the state of Israel. Six-hour difference. That'll change Friday morning. Friday morning, Israel will go to daylight savings time, and it'll be a, a seven-hour difference again between New York and Israel. So tomorrow, Thursday is regular, and they change the clock. Erev Shabbos HaGadol early on a Thursday morning. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to Cindy Lichtbraun. I'm told that Cindy Lichtbraun is a um, listener to JM and the AM. Cindy, I thank you. And a big thank you to everybody out there who's tuned in. Everybody deserves a shout-out for listening into our broadcast every day and hopefully being informed and inspired. I also want to take this opportunity and uh, wish a mazel Wish a mazel I want to take this opportunity and give a shout-out to Phil Englard, listener Phil is in our audience. Listener Phil, a big shout-out to you from all of us here at JM in the AM. Yeah. We've got shout-outs galore this morning. Kol Hatorah Kula is excited to announce the release of two Haggadah companions 
for use at your Pesach Seder. Kol HaTorah Kula sends out short, inspirational Torah from Rabbanim uh, with content uh, daily on many different platforms. Kol HaTorah Kula Mechanchot shares Divrei Torah from female educators. Each group compiled short varts for the Pesach Seder into an easy-to-follow booklet. If you're interested in receiving either or both of the pamphlets, you can email, and I'm assuming you can get this electronically, so. You can email PesachDivreTorah at gmail.com. PesachDivreTorah at gmail.com. So how do you spell Pesach? According to them, it's P-E-S-A-C-H. How do you spell Divrei? According to them, D-I-V-R-E-I. And how do you spell Torah? According to them, T-O-R-A-H. Which is basically, I think, the default on all three. I think they hit I think they hit the nail on the head on all three. <laughs> Pesach Divrei Torah at gmail.com. Pesach Divrei Torah at gmail.com. Hey, you're going to go shopping today. Aaron's Casino Farms is open. Boy, are they open. They've got everything. Simple as that. It's Wednesday before Pesach. Aaron's Casino Farms has everything. Casino Boulevard in Queens. CasinoFarms.com for information. By the way, when you're at Aaron's, keep in mind that you need some uh, good snacks for Shabbos afternoon. It's going to be a long afternoon on Daylight Savings Time awaiting that Seder that won't begin before, wow, it's Saturday night. There's no way to Seder starting before 8.30, I would think, right? No way. Normally it would be a drop earlier if it was a weeknight, but Saturday night, no way. Got to wait till Shabbos ends. Got to start, you know, setting things up, all that. Um, so you need, yeah, Shabbos. After, and plus, the Shabbos meal is going to be pretty early, meaning the Chumitz meal is going to be early, as we discussed yesterday. Anyway, you get my point. Make sure you load up on the great snacks that are kosher Pesach for your uh, Shabbos afternoon as everyone gets ready for the um for the Seder, and you can get all of that at Aaron's Casino Farms. Uh, our friends at A&H, Abel's and Hyman, and i got to give Seth Levitt a big, big thank you. He did us a big chesed favor this week. Thank you, Seth Levitt. A&H. 92% of all A&H products are kosher Pesach, including the delicious hot dogs, corned beef, pastrami. Yeah, check it out. Look at the package, you'll see. Very rare you'll find a package of a that's not kosher Pesach, but it does happen because they have a couple of lines that are not. But 92% are. Make sure you have your A&H for the upcoming holiday. Toss a couple of those two-pound salamis into your shopping cart as you shop. <laughs> you'll be glad you did. Trust me, if you're not glad you did, someone in your family is going to be glad you did. Simple as that. Hey, our friends at Art Scroll, you know how they're helping us prepare for the holiday. Amazing books, including the uh, Living Legend book, which apparently has set records already. Where's that piece that someone emailed me? Someone emailed me a piece that speaks. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Um, wow. <laughs> According to this release from Art Scroll, and obviously they're responsible for the book, in one week, the Living Legend book about Rabbi Grossman, which I am a massive fan of, 10,000 copies sold. 
Oh, God, though, I hope my book does that well if it ever comes in. 10,000 copies sold in one week. Oh, I want to thank the emailer who says you had something to do with this. Thank you. <laughs> I hope that's true. Unbelievable. 10,000 copies sold. No matter what book you're looking for, when you go to artscroll.com, make sure, especially now, two days before Yontif, you want to make sure to get the uh, the best shipping and the best price. You know, when you order from Artscroll, it's almost inevitable you're going to get it the next day, which is amazing. Oh, I shouldn't say that. In this neighborhood, you get it the next day. I don't know what happens, you know, in every outlying area. But you get it really quickly. Uh, major discount plus free shipping if you use promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com, major discount plus free shipping if you use promo code radio. Simple as that. I don't want to hear how difficult it is because it's not. It's simple. Simple as that. <laughs> More coming up. You're listening to a Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. <laughs> Almost went into that dreidel song. Well, I actually did go into that dreidel song from the New York Boys Choir. And quickly we got to the Dianu song. <laughs> we were almost spinning a dreidel close to the holiday of Pesach. How do you like that? Uh, before the New York Boys, you heard Yishtabach Shemo done by Yaakov Shweki. J.M. the A.M., good morning. Continue to do random acts of chesed for people between now and Friday afternoon. You know the drill. We've been talking about it for weeks. Actually, for two weeks. Just continue to do amazing things, whether it costs a dollar or a million dollars. Help alleviate the pressure that people are going through Erev Pesach. Uh, if you know someone who's going to be lonely over the Yantif, do whatever you can to uh, let them know you're thinking about them. Send them something before Yantif, whatever the case may be. But please, do what you can to... Um, to be there for somebody else. And when they thank you, it takes two. Remember, it takes two. That's the campaign. When they thank you, say, no, 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 no. Don't thank me. Just do something similar for somebody else before Friday or before Yontif. Wednesday morning broadcast, JM in the AM, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We know that one of the main mitzvahs of the Seder is in telling over the story Sipur Yitzias Mitzrayim, of our exodus from Egypt. Most important of all is to relate to the children, to one's family, to all of those gathered at the Seder, all that happened in a way that is meaningful. It was the night of the Seder, and a father came to Moshe Cohen. He was one of the Gaboim, of the Stipler Goin. He asked him, whether he should wait for his child in order to begin the Seder or should start without them. The son, unfortunately, had gone off the derech. He departed from the ways of Torah. He still, however, lived at home. The stipler told them that they should wait. They waited and waited, but the boy didn't come. The clock was moving, and they still had not recited the Haggadah. They hadn't been Mekayim, fulfilled any of the mitzvahs of the Seder night. Since they hadn't eaten anything during the day, they were also very hungry. Once again, they came to the stipler to ask whether they should continue to wait for him or they should begin. The stipler once again said, Lahamtin, that you should wait for him. It was getting late and he still had not arrived. Once again, they went to the stipler. The stipler said, Lahamtin, wait for him. A few minutes after they went home, all of a sudden, the young man walked through the door. He couldn't believe it. The table was perfectly set. Nothing had been used. The mutts had not been eaten. The wine was still perfectly set in each cup. He saw that his seat was empty that they had waited for him. He came and took his seat at the table. He sat through the entire Haggadah. At times he cried. After that Seder, little by little, he started to come back to Torah, to Yiddishkeit. He said sometime later, if they hadn't waited for me, I don't know where I would be today. Let us pray that this Pesach, everyone, 
all sons and all daughters and all people throughout the entire world will come closer to Hashem, closer to Torah. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. JM in the AM Wednesday morning broadcast, and we will get back to a Simcha Liner and that great selection here at JM in the AM that I can almost guarantee. It's Wednesday before the holiday of Pesach, and uh, we are spending time over the next few weeks here at JM in the AM speaking to some of the candidates for mayor in the city of New York. You know what our belief is? Our belief is that we not only need a change in uh, City Hall, we need a really, really positive change in a very, very positive direction. I've asked Leon Goldenberg, everybody out there in our audience knows Leon, of course. I, I could speak as a resident of Manhattan about the importance of New York City coming back to life, but uh, Leon brings an additional perspective, and that is the perspective of the business community and how desperately New York needs a strong business community uh, in order to uh, become what New York City once was. Leon, a chag kosher v'sameach to you, and a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Yes, I haven't been on for a while. <laughs> well, we've, rec- we, yeah. we've rectified that, thank God. <laughs> we start this morning with Catherine Garcia. Catherine Garcia, at one time the commissioner for New York City Sanitation Department, interim chair and CEO of the New York City Housing Authority, uh, was appointed food czar, not a small role, a very big role for New York's emergency food program during this COVID-19 emergency that uh, now is a year old. Uh, Catherine Garcia, an absolute pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. I appreciate that very much. And Leon, as you know, is with us. And before I turn things over to him, because he does have a lot of questions, really important ones about the future of New York City business-wise, you you know that uh, people like myself who've seen what's happened in the city over the last year are are praying and are hopeful that the city can recover and recover well from this. Uh, You're a candidate for mayor. Uh, How do you see things under your leadership? What could you bring to City Hall to get New York where it needs to be? This has to be job one for the next mayor. And when I'm mayor, I'm going to sit down with the business community to make sure that we're bringing everyone to the table. They all have a contribution. But I also have a real plan about how we can support small businesses with microloans, cutting red tape. We need to make city, the city work for businesses because without businesses, we don't have jobs. Well, that's an understatement. And like I said, I'm going to turn to Leon in a minute. Regarding business, uh, you know that those of us who are residents of New York are so concerned about uh, the crime rate. Um, we, we've seen certain categories uh, get to a place that we are not happy with over the last year. Um, what could you tell us about the control that the mayor needs to have with the police commissioner uh, over um, uh, the category of crime, uh, a crime in New York City specifically, in order to make our city as safe as possible? Safety for all of our residents is foundational to bringing the city back. We have seen a rise in hate crime. We have seen a rise in anti-Semitism. We have to call that out, but we also need boots on the ground. We need to see the police in our neighborhoods making sure that we are safe. And the commissioner needs to be held accountable for 
delivering safety for New Yorkers. Catherine Garcia is with us live via telephone. Leon Goldenberg, you have specific questions uh, to bring to light for the candidates we speak to regarding the business community and, of course, our community in general. Take it away, Leon. Catherine, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Nice to talk to you. Probably a week already. Um, I just want everybody to realize some of the things that were said here about Catherine, that she was the food czar and NYCHA czar. She did that all while she was still running the sanitation. Mm-hmm. This wasn't, let's switch over to another part of the city. She had full control over the sanitation department. Sanitation department really runs well. I mean, there's always going to be something here and there, but I got to tell you, the cleanup on the snow yep. is, is, was excellent. I mean, she had control over the sanitation department, and the mayor felt she was strong enough to actually take on another job. And for those that don't realize, maybe, Catherine, how many meals did you deliver during this time? So we were delivering over a million meals a day oh, uh, to date it was it, we've delivered over 200 million meals uh, but it was also ensuring that we were supporting our food pantries um i was at masia of queens this week where they were preparing to serve folks for passover this has really been one of the tragedies of COVID: is the impact on food insecurity That's always an important issue, and I want people to really realize what that was, a million meals a day to produce them. And there were, of course, kosher meals also being produced and produce them, get them to the sites, and get them distributed without causing a tremendous disruption to the entire city. And it's to be commended, and we thank you for concentrating on every community, including ours. Catherine Garcia with us live via telephone, Leon Goldenberg with us. Leon, you have to have, and I know you do, specific questions regarding the business community because there's some frustration out there in New York City about the ability for the business community, which is the backbone of New York City, to rebound right now. What could you, uh, what could you ask Catherine that would uh, get her perspective on the possibilities for the future of the business community of New York? The business community, all aspects, especially the real estate industry, which I'm part of, which is really the backbone. People do not realize, you know, they look at everybody as just a landlord, but the development, half of the income that the city takes in is from the real estate taxes. And those taxes are taking a hit this coming July of $2.5 billion. And we throw around billions of dollars like they're nothing, but it's real money. It's real serious money. I also believe that next year, which is the first year that you would actually be in office is when the taxes are going to come down another four to $5 billion because they're using for the July, 2021, they were using 2019 numbers. Mm. And 2021, uh, 22, 23, which would be the first budget that, uh, that you as mayor would be, uh, putting together, they're going to be using 2020 numbers. That's, you know, COVID numbers. How do we come out of this? How do we come out of this as really as a city, come out and be able to function properly? 
Yes, it is very clear that the city is going to be confronted with real fiscal constraints going forward. First and foremost, we have to make the property tax fairer. Uh, It is so convoluted at this point in time. And be prepared for the fact that it is likely to be lower. That means getting city services right, that we are going to have to be really rigidly efficient. And I have done that work. When I was at DEP, I cut DEP's operating budget by 10% without a layoff. It was about looking at what we were doing and eliminating the fat. People need to know that they are getting what they pay for with their property taxes with strong services. I think you can't really explain it now, but the tax system for the private one to four family homes so convoluted that you have people in East New York who have houses that are worth 400000 paying more tax than people who live in Park Slope, whose houses are worth 2 to $3 million. Uh, would anybody really touch that? Oh, you have That's to a- touch it because it is so incredibly unfair at this point. Uh, it is, it's like this serpent that has gotten twisted up. Uh, it needs to be unraveled and reset so that everyone feels that they are getting and paying their fair share. Uh, it is just what we have to do as New Yorkers. Catherine Garcia is with us live via telephone. Leon Goldberg is with me. Um, you know, Leon asked the practical questions, and those are really important questions in terms of the financial future of the city. I concentrate often on the, what's happening with the uh, the atmosphere in New York City and uh, Catherine, I know that it's important to be positive, especially moving forward. It's important to be positive, but there's a there's a a, a certain malaise I think that has uh, come over New York where people are just unsure about the future. And I I'm not looking for you to bash the current administration, although I would assume that that some of the current administration's policies and work will be uh, discussed during the debates and other and during other campaign appearances over the next few months. But but. Please give this audience a reassuring word that New York, which is such an important city to all of us, even those who are listening outside of New York City, has the possibility to become uh, what it once was. Oh, I, I know that New York City will come back. The, the heart of New York has been stilled, but it is ready to come back quickly. The people who make New York dynamic, who bring their entrepreneurial skills, who are creative, they're still here. They just need the opportunity to get back to work and do the great things that they do. We need to make sure that we are reopening this economy and getting kids back to school. Leon, without – yeah, go ahead, Leon. I think there's one important issue that everybody has to realize, which you said, <clears throat> even the people outside of New York City. New York City is the engine for the entire region. Some would say the entire and country. Very possible, yep. but certainly for the entire region. So everybody now listening that's listening now yep. is impacted by the health of the economy of New York City. Right. And one of the things that Catherine brought up is helping small businesses, which is a major backbone of the city. The city's computer system is so antiquated that they're still making us, you know, they send me emails sometimes and I still have to fill out forms on paper. Mm-hmm. Actually, one time they told me to type it in. I don't have a typewriter. <laughs> <type it in. laughs> 
Well, one thing we're lucky lucky uh, with is that Catherine's department, thank God, has a state-of-the-art machines to take away the snow. At least they have that. Yeah. Yes. No. When I, when I got the sanitation, it was all paper. It was we had log books for the log book, uh, and all of that we got rid of. We used some, I had some really fabulous in-house as well as some external computer folks who just revamped the whole thing. And thank goodness. Because it allowed us to do things during COVID we couldn't have done if we were still a paper-based system. I know how to make that sort of change within city government. And I've said there should be one permit, one license to do work in the city. You shouldn't go to eight agencies before you can sell a bowl of soup. The bureaucracy is just uh, impossible to deal with. Uh, Catherine, I want to take this opportunity to thank you. I have a feeling that both uh, I and, and Leon will have an opportunity to speak Uh, in this forum with you uh, further down the line as this campaign heats up. A a big thank you to you as Passover approaches this coming Saturday night. A big thank you to you for feeding New Yorkers, especially those in our community who you've taken care of during COVID and specifically before the big holidays. I wish you a happy Passover. We want to thank you publicly for all that you've done to help people in our community. And I want to wish you a happy, very happy and healthy Passover, Uh, you know, it is a time for us to come together as New Yorkers, yep. and as we mark this one-year anniversary of the pandemic, uh, start to see the light at the end of the tunnel, because I certainly see the beginnings of our rebirth already. Much appreciated. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Catherine Garcia, candidate for mayor in New York City. Leon Goldenberg's going to stick around with me. We have more coming up if you keep it here on a Wednesday morning broadcast of JM in the AM.
מלכים גדולים, מדינות ענק, אימפריות כה גדולות, כמעט שנעלמו, ואנחנו עוד כאן. כך אלפי שנים, מעטים מורבים, ואין ספר של ניסים. עם ישראל חי, אנחנו עוד כאן. אנחנו עוד כאן. עודה השם, עודה לך אבא דואג ואוהב, זה עושה טוב מלא. עודה השם, עודה לך אבא מושלם, נאמן כל הזמן. עודה השם, עודה לך אבא דואג ואוהב, זה עושה טוב מלא. עודה השם, עודה לך אבא מושלם, נאמן כל הזמן. תודה לך.
J.M. in the A.M. on a Wednesday morning broadcast. Merake done by Simcha Liner. Uh, well, uh, Leon Goldberg is with me. Uh, Leon Goldenberg is uh, going to um, be starting here at the Nahum Single Network, please God, a forum where he'll have an opportunity to speak at length with uh, with candidates for mayor and other uh, government officials and, and um, potential government officials. And we're very proud of that. Then we'll make all these announcements regarding Leon's uh, uh, segment uh, on the Nahum Siegel Network right after Pesach. So, Leon Goldberg, good morning again to you, and we look forward to uh, we look forward to a lot of great conversations that people will learn from. Uh, well, one of our favorite people, it's no uh, it's no um, secret, is Borough President uh, Eric Adams, Captain Eric Adams. He did retire from the New York City Police Department as a captain and now serves as borough president. He's also a uh, candidate for mayor of New York City. Mr. Borough President, a uh, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. And you didn't tell me that you were going to be with one of my favorite people, Leon. <laughs> How are you? you I'm doing fine. <laughs> so I was just telling Nachum that if you become mayor, you're making me an honorary captain. Is that true? <laughs> wait, a, wait a second. You know, for safety and security, I'm going to have to depend on Leon, Mr. Mayor President? <laughs> I mean, come on. That's a little bit of a stretch, I would say. Wouldn't you? <laughs> you got to love it. <laughs> yeah, I hope we'll love it. Uh, but no doubt, no doubt that uh, there will be some honorary position for Leon, that's for sure. After all, he has been a big fan of the borough president for a long time. Uh, look, uh, Mr. Borough President Eric Adams is with us. Uh, you, you know it's no secret. Uh, there are many people. I'm a resident of New York City. Leon's on with me right now because in addition to him doing uh, uh, spots with different candidates for us uh, on our network. He's a member of the business community of New York City and has another additional perspective in terms of the future of this city. You know that right now there are a lot of us questioning if New York City can rebound and become what it was. You're a very positive person. Do you have a positive message for us this morning about the potential for New York City after what's been a really rough period of time? Oh, yes. And, you know, you should question it, you know, and I understand that and I respect that. Uh, for a number of things, uh, the demonizing of affluent New Yorkers that have helped us navigate these difficult times, how we're treating uh, the foundation of this city's uh, tax base, everything from the 65,000 people who paid a 51% of our income tax uh, to uh, the 51% of our overall taxes are coming from the real estate industry. And there are many responsible people in that industry. And then COVID and crime. So there's such a combination combination of things that really makes us uh, believe in, that we are not going to come through this. But I say we are. We've been here before. Uh, we remember those days, those long-term New Yorkers, where crime was high. And the police department made us safe. We were able to come together as New Yorkers and navigate through the 70s, navigate after 2001 terrorist attack, navigate through the 2008 uh, collapse of our financial market. And New York is just, you know, we understand what we must do. We're going to do it again. I have a plan to push us through this. 
Um, I'll turn to Leon in a minute because I'm sure that he has concerns regarding the business community of New York. But you, you just touched on something which is so important to the families of New York City that are tuned in. And frankly, I think it goes beyond New York. So I think when New York becomes safer, I think the whole region becomes safer. And that's, of course, the uh, the issue of crime. Um, we know that you know the, the glory days of, of great low crime statistics was wonderful. And I'm sure you, as a former member of the NYPD, appreciated that very much. But now there's somewhat of a different attitude. You know the way people view the NYPD uh, at this point and the way they use the NYPD as a political football, especially over the last few months. Uh, and you know that people have a, a, a different attitude toward bail reform and a different attitude uh, when it comes to uh, enforcement of the law by the police. It's not just the government officials and policy that we're concerned about. We're wondering if the whole atmosphere in New York City will allow for safety and security uh, in a positive way to prevail uh, in the future of New York. Well, there, there, and that's, that is a great question. Uh, there are some things we did wrong. We should have done better. Uh, but there's so many things we did right. And public safety is the prerequisite to prosperity. Uh, we can't have an increase of attacks on Chinese Americans. We can't have an increase on anti-Semitism and attacks and swastikas and uh, robbing the hats of men and women, of men of our city community. Uh, we can't allow the sense of disorder. And then we need to really clamp down on uh, gun violence. I think it's crucial that we reinstitute the anti-crime unit turn them into an anti-gun unit, and do precision policing where we target uh, those uh, individuals who are known shooters and known gang members, as well as stopping the flow of guns uh, into, our, into our city. But it's crucial that we rebuild trust between police and community. Uh, every time my loved ones leave the subway station late at night, uh, they want to see that cop there. They want to know that they're going to be protected. And at the same time, law enforcement who are doing the right thing, they want to know that their communities and their city is going to respect them. And that's the trust I'm going to rebuild. Yeah, no question. And boy, are we rooting for you, I'll tell you that much. Candidate for mayor and borough president of Brooklyn, Eric Adams, is with us. Uh, Leon Goldenberg, who's uh, leading our forum uh, our four, I should say, on uh, c candidates for mayor and other government officials at the Nahum Siegel Network is with us live via telephone as well. Leon, take it away. So, uh, Eric, we've known each other for I don't even want to say how many years. We did come through some very difficult times. I heard from my father because I wasn't around in 1991 when there were 2,251 shootings in New York City. Uh, but And stop and frisk which had, has a point, there is a point to stop and frisk, was definitely overused. What will you do to make the city safer? You've, we've spoken about it a lot. I know you have plans. You were a police captain. What can you do? The Orthodox community and the police department really have an excellent relationship. How do we get all communities to have that relationship that we have with the police department? And, 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 and you're right, and the reason the relationship is so great in the Orthodox community and with the police department is because of the word trust, and there's real trust there, and that is what we need to build in other communities. You know, the big mistake we made, uh, Leon, 
is even around precinct commanders. Precinct commanders are probably one of the most important part of policing. And far too often, we have policing commanders leave right in the midst of developing those relationships, uh, the community affairs officers uh, who establish good relationships. And we, without realizing it, we discourage the relationship that has been developed between the Orthodox community. Uh, we discourage it from happening in other communities. We need to encourage that. We need to use that as a model of the Shalom Patrol, the Hasella Patrols, uh, the manner in which we have those close engagements uh, that we see uh, occur all the time uh, between the two communities. And that is what I'm going to encourage in the city of New York. And I'm going to have the community play a major role in identifying the precinct commander of four of the communities that they're going to patrol. But lastly, uh, we have to become really proactive around crime. It can't be just uh, a police response. It's other agencies, uh, such as would you believe that 30% of the men and women on Rikers Island are dyslexic? Why are they there? Because we're not giving these children these skills beforehand, and they believe they can't learn. They go to the streets. They start, start selling drugs. They start carrying guns. And they get arrested. Mothers have to sue to get the support they need for dyslexia in all of our communities, even in your uh, yeshivas and your, your other religious schools, where parents go through to get the tools they need for their children with learning disability and dyslexia. Those children turn out to go to a life of crime because we don't educate them. If you don't educate, you incarcerate and you cause criminal action. But we have to be more proactive and not just reactive. There's no question. Education, which has suffered tremendously, schools have not been open, and uh, I, I don't want to lay blame, but uh, Andrew Yang uh, came out with some comments this week, uh, which I do believe in to a large extent. At the end of the day, if the schools are closed and the kids lose their socialization and they lose their education for a year and a half, because that's what it was, it was last year, March, that we closed down, and this year is going to be lost also. In order to for people to uh, become part of the workforce, which we in the business community are concerned about, education has to be changed also. Education, there needs to be a program in the on the educational, whether it's in a high school or post-high school. Not everybody's going to college. And college is not for everybody. But there are many different things. There are many different trades, whether it's computer programming, all kinds that we teach in the Jewish community to people that say, you know what, four years of college is not for me. Whatever the reason is, and they can make a living. That has to start in, in the uh, high schools also, that part of the education. And I agree 100%. And that's why I think we need to lean into uh, CTE uh, programs that can teach everything from uh, computer programming uh, to plumbing to carpentry, electrician, HVAC repairs. Uh, we need to look at uh, the power of certifications. That is where education is going now and jobs are going to, uh, people being certified and having various certifications uh, with 
of licensing, of allowed, allowing them to do other uh, items in the various industry and other jobs. Of, you know, and then if those who want to go to college having a real pathway to do so, uh, we make a big mistake in this city not allowing uh, the business community to be part of shaping the curriculum of the various skills that are needed in the jobs of the future and the jobs now. I have a great program at, at Brooklyn Navy Yard. It's called the Brooklyn Steam Center. Nine high schools feed into that, that center. And they're learning real skills in a real work environment so they'll be prepared to fill some of the jobs of the future. So you're right. It's a combination of education that's preparing our children. Listen, our children are going to school so one day they can start their own business or become employed. And we have to ask ourselves, are we preparing them for those two goals at the end of their educational experience? And that is what's important. Yeah, that's the big question. Borough President Adams is with us. Um, Leon, could you remind the audience, please, and and please remind them by forming uh, the information to a question for the borough president, just how difficult it is right now for somebody to be a respectable, uh, honest, hardworking landlord in New York City? It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. We, 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 how, and it's really coming from the state, where basically there is no such thing as a landlord uh, being a good landlord. City Council, every single week, is passing legislation, making it more and more difficult to operate, which at the end of the day is going to cause the deterioration of, of our uh, real estate, of our housing. It's very nice to say, let's get everything done. Let's, you know, everybody uh, has to have a home. Yes, everybody has to have a home. But if you're not going to work with the real estate community and try to create affordable housing, how are you going to get it done? The city has a huge budget. It's not enough to build housing. Mr. Borough President, your reaction? Right. Uh, Leon is right, and I am a landlord. I'm a small property owner, and we must make sure that we do not balance the deficit on the back, the back of small property landowners. When you look at Landlords, people don't realize you're talking about a large number of them are small property owners. I mean, when you own units of, you know, 16, 20, four, three-family houses, uh, your margin of error is so small. And so as we talk about these conversations of rent mor moratoriums and cancel rent, you must do it with the government playing a role and ensuring that landlords are made whole. If not, of those landlords are going to lose their properties, and you're going to see the greatest displacement of wealth yep. uh, for everyday New Yorkers uh, in the city, and we can't allow that to happen. Uh, we must make sure that landlords are kept whole so that they could continue to provide uh, the affordable housing that we're seeing in the city. Leon, you have a follow-up on that? Uh, we really need a lot of help in many different ways. And the question is, you know, the, the rhetoric has to change. I think that's really what's also critical. In other words, right now you have so many candidates saying they're not taking real estate money. It's not rational. It's very nice to say that. Yeah, you don't want to take money from me. But the rhetoric has to change. What could be done to change the rhetoric? 
against an entire industry, which is really the backbone of New York City and provides half of the income that New York City takes in. And Mr. Borough President, if Leon's accurate that it requires a better relationship with New York City and state government, we know right now it's a little bit precarious, the relationship between New York City and New York State government. Is that reparable? I, I believe it is. Uh, I, I have a lot of faith in uh, Carl Hastings, who's the assemblyman in charge of the assembly, and Andrew Stewart-Cousin, who's the senator that's in charge of the Senate. I think it's important that we do exactly what Leon stated. Uh, the small property owners in the city must use their voices and advocacy to go to Albany and see the impact. Because if you have a vacuum there and there's only one side of the conversation being pushed, then no one fully understands that there's a delicate balance between the affordability of the city and ensuring landlords of these small property owners are being uh, kept whole so that they can continue to provide good quality um, housing. Remember what happened during the 70s. Many people walked away from their buildings because it was too costly to upkeep their buildings. Right. And we saw the decimation of good quality housing. We can't have a, a repeat, a return uh, to those days. Well, like I said, no doubt uh, you're going to be uh, the subject of Leon's Forum here at the network as he continues to explore the um, uh, the uh, candidates for mayor of uh, New York and uh, other government officials as well. And uh, we welcome your comments. I'm going to take this opportunity, and I know Leon joins me, obviously, in wishing you a very happy and healthy Passover. The holiday begins on Saturday night, and you're another government official who... Uh, especially because of your base in Brooklyn, and we know how large our community is in Brooklyn, you, you've done whatever possible to make sure that our people have what they need for the holiday, and that's much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I, I say all the time to uh, the Jewish community throughout the city in general, but particular uh, here in the borough of Brooklyn, I'm not a new friend. I'm an old friend. We, we've been side by side for many years of fighting anti-Semitism, uh, protecting your communities, giving resources. You know, there are many days sitting inside your, your sukkahs, uh, going to sit down and celebrate different holidays with you and making sure you receive the support you need for the funding of your security patrol, giving uh, uh, vests uh, to members of the community uh, when you had an attack, uh, making sure we have security cameras after devastating events. We've been doing this together for so long, and I always say Brooklyn is the Tel Aviv of America, the <laughs> largest, largest population, you know, outside of Tel Aviv. And so I look forward to a continued relationship, and I am you. We struggle together. We want a safe, clean city where we can raise healthy children and families. And that is what I'm going to do as a mayor. Well, amen. And uh, again, on behalf of all of us, myself, Leon, and everybody, a happy and healthy Passover, and we thank you. Borough President of the uh, Borough of Brooklyn, New York, and, of course, candidate for mayor of New York City, the Honorable Eric Adams here on AJM in the AM Wednesday morning broadcast. Uh, Leon? Um, yes? A couple of very interesting people we met this morning, to say the least, and I'll tell you the one Two th- very good candidates. And I'll tell you the one thing I learned this morning, in all seriousness. Many New Yorkers feel, especially coming off of this administration— that there's nobody out there that can uh, promote the responsible agenda. I think you've introduced us to a couple people this morning that have the potential to promote a responsible agenda. 
But most important, most important, if you don't vote in the June primary, if you don't vote in the June primary, don't complain about who got elected. Because it's only the June primary that counts, not the November election. Forget about November. The June primary is the only thing that counts. And if you don't vote then, don't come to me and say, look who we got in office. Because if you didn't vote then, you helped bring the wrong person in office. And just to give you an idea, Tiffany Caban, who ran for district attorney in Queens County, which is a res- has 3 million residents, Three million residents, which cats would have first name again. I don't know. It slips my mind now. Won by some ten, twenty votes. How many votes did these people get? Right. Do you know how many votes they got? How many? Thirty thousand votes. <laughs> Thirty-one thousand. Thirty-two thousand. Which means the entire borough of Queens. There were only a hundred thousand people that went out to vote. 100,000 people went out to vote out of three, not 3 million registered Democrats, but 3 million residents of Queens, 100,000 people made the decision of who would be the... Yeah, I'm sorry for interrupting. I got to make the, I got to have you reiterate this point, especially for anybody who lives in New York City. September has nothing. It's all about June 22nd. It's all about June 22nd. 23rd, right. Right. That's all it's about. Whoever wins, don't think in your mind that there's going to be a Republican again in New York City in the near future. You're not going to get, uh, you know, I welcome Katsimides to run. I welcome, uh, what's the name on the radio show, Curtis Lewa to run. They can all run. But look at the last two elections. You had Malatakos ran. She got 28% of the vote. And before that, Joe Loda, who was an excellent candidate, really an excellent candidate, and would have, we wouldn't be where oh, we are we would today not if he be, had become mayor. I said we owe him an apology. We owe him an apology because right. he ran around saying the city's going to go back to what it was, and everyone was like laughing at him, and he was 100% right. Right. But he got 25% of the votes. Here it says, the twi- this is from Wikipedia, the New York City mayoral election will have Democratic and Republican primaries on Tuesday, June the 22nd, General election on November the second. Leon Goldenberg is reminding all of us: forget about November second. November second's irrelevant. Focus on June twenty-two, which, by the way, Leon is less than three months away. Right. It's and less- this is New York City. All the elections now in this, you know, are all local, city, and 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 that's what's up for election now. So everything is local. All local races. So don't tell me I'm going to run, walk, you know, in November, I'm going to vote for president. Who cares? You right. ain't doing that. Right. There's nothing... And I'll tell you something more. For those that are registered as Republicans, when was the last time your vote counted in New York City? Right. I will tell you. It Never. was for <laughs> Never. <laughs> 16. No, 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 it did. 2016, when Trump ran in the primary for president, that your vote was important if you were a Republican. And you know when the last time before that it was important? Yeah. 24 years earlier. Gosh. And ask your Republican friends how many of them voted. I don't ask if they voted for Trump. Did they vote in that primary? If they didn't vote in that primary, they had one chance in 24 years that their vote should count. 
didn't count. Now, according to this, and I, I don't know if I'm doing the right research here as I'm doing it on the fly, but according to this, if the election is June 22nd, people have to the middle of May to register uh, their party and to register to vote. Does that make sense, middle of May? To register to vote. If you're not registered, when you register, you can register to vote. And that, uh, that does that make sense about five weeks before the election, the middle of May? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you have, you have what, time, folks. You have time to do this. It's not like you don't have time. Do it now. Make sure to register. register as a Democrat if you want your vote to count. Right. Register as a Democrat. In November, vote for who you want if you want to go to the polls. I mean, I go to the polls November, but there's really no reason to because it's not going to change anything. There's not one race that's going to change that that affects any anyone here. There are two city councilmen. I think they're both men, that are Republican. Two out of 51. Wow. Do you All live right. in Staten Island? Then you have a Republican. Then you have a Republican. Right. Do you live in, in uh, Far Rockaway? you got a Republican. Other than that... 49 Democrats. 49 Democrats. Now, when the Republicans want to pass a, a you know, safe street, uh, how are they getting it passed? Yep. How are they getting anything passed? So therefore, you need to have moderate Democrats. We need to have people that, that are going to run and, you know, that are not going to, like, call us Machaco, who's, you know, pro-BDS and, and against everything that we as a community stand for and everything that the business community stands for. He destroyed industry cities. Uh, the opportunity during the pandemic, during the pandemic, to get 15,000 jobs for New York City, he said, because the way it works, it's like it's, it's mind-boggling. If somebody wants to get a, a variance in a, in a building in a certain area, the councilman of that district is all that counts. The councilman of that district is all that counts. No other councilman has any impact. Because if that council person, it's not a man, it's a person, says, I'm against it, the other 48 will vote against it. Irregardless, actually, in the last one, there were about I think, six guys that voted for it, even though he said not to vote. But it passed overwhelmingly. So there was an opportunity to build a. And anybody who's gone to Industry City, it's really a beautiful place. You have all kinds of shops. A lot of minorities own a lot of businesses there, and they want to expand by two million square feet. So what did we get instead? He already announced he's going to be building an Amazon last mile warehouse, which there's a need for. I'm not going to say there is a need for it, but if you build a million square feet, which he has a right to do, how many jobs at Amazon does it require for a million square feet? 500 jobs? Yep. While the other place would have created 15,000 jobs. Yep. So if you want to keep people like this out of office, people that understand that business is the backbone to the city, it's very nice that we have a lot of programs in the city for, for the, you know, the homeless, for the sick, for Medicaid. We spend more money on Medicaid in New York State. Yeah. In California. All right, Leon, i got to wrap it up. Uh, we'll be in touch because, uh, number one, we'll be announcing uh, exactly how we're going to handle the political forum that you're going to be leading. I do want to remind everybody June 22nd is the date. That's Election Day in New York. It's the only important Election Day in New York City is June 22nd. We'll also speak to Leon right after Pesach because he always joins us during our Yom HaShoah 
programming. Leon, I take this opportunity to wish you a Chag Kosher V'Sameach. We will continue to fight for all these issues and hopefully get the right person into office in June. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and thank you for having them. Uh, a pleasure, and again, a Chag Kosher V'Sameach. Wednesday morning broadcast, it's JM in the AM. J.M. in the A.M. Wednesday morning. Continue to do amazing acts of chesed for people until Friday. Well, I mean, beyond that as well, but you got my point. The campaign that we're doing goes till Friday. When they say thank you because you've provided dinner for their family tonight or tomorrow night or whatever the case may be, when they say thank you, guess what? We don't want you to say you're welcome. We want you to say all I'm asking is you do the same for someone else. NCSYGreatAdventure.com. NCSYGreatAdventure.com. You know what's happening there, everybody. Number one, you get an opportunity to uh, purchase tickets and enjoy Six Flags. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday with food provided by our friends at Riverdale Kosher Market. Go to NCSYGreatAdventure.com. Get your tickets for Great Adventure. There are going to be a million people there. Everybody wants to just get out and do something after this whole COVID thing. Uh, don't worry, they'll be responsible. They're following all the rules, all the New Jersey guidelines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, when you go to the top right, there's a menu at ncsygreatadventure.com. gives you a chance to donate tickets to underprivileged children and families who would not have a Cholomoe trip otherwise. We are, we are encouraging that chesed, to say the least. ncsygreatadventure.com, check it out, and uh, just keep on going, keep on doing chesed, simple as that. Wednesday morning, JM in the AM, our friends at ShopEichlers.com. You know what they're all about. They're all about everything in the world of Judaica at one website. With thousands of items, hundreds of categories, go online. You'll see exactly what we're talking about. They've got it all, and certainly anything you need for the Seder, anything you need for Yuntif, it's right there at ShopEichlers.com. Same-day delivery to Borough Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, Crown Heights, Staten Island, Queens, Five Towns, Far Rockaway, Muncie, Monroe, Teaneck Lake, with Tom's River, Jackson, New Jersey. And what could be more convenient than same-day delivery now when nobody has time for anything? <laughs> Go to shopiclers.com for details. Shopiclers.com for details. Get what you need and get it before you. It's simple as that. Shopiclers.com. <laughs> nobody has time for anything. <laughs> You feel like it's Erev Yontif, right? You know what? It is almost Erev Yontif. What can I tell you? Mayor Weingarten sent me a great text. He sent me a great I basically said this before based on the information he gave me, but he sent me a great text. He said, 
the result of the fourth election in Israel is that there'll be a fifth election. <laughs> and that does say it all. Got to say something about a country that doesn't need a government to continue moving forward. I like that. It's amazing. What a different era we're living in. Um, Partners in Torah reminds us that uh, one of the most fulfilling and inspiring experiences there is is helping someone discover their tradition and heritage by studying Torah with them for an hour each week over the phone. Partners in Torah arranges the whole thing for you. And I want to recommend it to our listeners because it is, no joke, a wonderful opportunity to um, to be inspired and to do something that uh, you will find unforgettable and really fulfilling. What do you do? Yeah, you go to partnersintorah.org. You go to partnersintorah.org. Uh, you could also call 1-800-STUDY-42. 1-800-STUDY-42. And, um, and that's it. Make an arrangement to become a partner in Torah. Again, it's a relationship that you will find very very fulfilling. Big shout out to our friends at Aaron's Casino Farms, and I thank them for presenting yesterday's OU Pesach product show. Big thank you. When you go to Aaron's, get everything you need for Pesach, and make sure to toss in at least two of the two-pound salamis from uh, A&H. Abel's and Hyman, who have 92% of their products kushala Pesach, and the full hot dog line and uh, pastrami, corned beef, all the delicious meats, all kushala Pesach. Um... That'll be something your family's going to be craving over Yuntif. So you want to make sure to toss it into your shopping basket no matter what store you're in. Our friends at A&H with delicious products year-round and particularly delicious products for the holiday of Pesach. Check it out. Make sure you have plenty of A&H for your family for this holiday. That's a good piece of advice. Make sure you got plenty of A&H for the holiday. That is a good piece of advice. Hey, a shout-out going out to Cindy, listener Cindy Lichtbron. Thank you, Cindy, for tuning in to JM in the AM. A shout-out going out to listener Phil. Phil Englard, I'm told, is in our audience. A big shout-out to Phil from all of us here at JM in the AM. Yeah. We got shout-outs galore today. We're making people feel great with some radio shout-outs. Nothing like a good radio shout-out, I could tell you that much. Um, yeah. What else did I want to tell everybody about? Oh, yeah, I have a, a notice here that I got from listener Leora. Kol Hatora Kula is excited to announce the release of two Haggadah companions for use during the Pesach Seder. Kolatarakula sends out short inspirational Torah from Rabbanim each day on many different platforms. Kolatarakula uh, Mechanchot shares Divrei Torah from female educators. Each group compiled short words for the Pesach Seder into an easy-to-follow booklet. If you're interested in receiving the booklet, I'm assuming that this is being done electronically so you can get it uh, easily before Yuntif. Just email PesachDivreiTorah at gmail.com. Pesach Divrei Torah. Divrei is D-I-V-R-E-I. Pesach Divrei Torah at gmail.com. Simple as that. It's that time of year again. Tax time. Are you ready? Isn't it about time you went to a firm that does more than taxes? Rosenbaum Financial Services is that firm. Taxes play an integral role in all of life circumstances, and Rosenbaum identifies planning opportunities based on information within your return. To learn more, 
Visit TaxCPA2.com, TaxCPA2.com, or call 1-800-829-2722, 1-800-829-2722. In addition, anybody who emails Ralph, Ralph at TaxCPA2.com, Ralph at TaxCPA2.com, he'll send you the no-obligation research on the dirty dozen tax scams to watch out for. Ralph at TaxCPA2.com. Take care of that today. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Pesach medley done by Micha Gammerman and company here at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, Pesach is right around the corner. And there's a lot of priorities. We're talking about chesed. We're talking about what people need to do between now and Friday. We're talking about Tanis Bechorim being tomorrow. We're talking about Badika's Chametz being tomorrow. There's a lot to do. But folks, there is one thing you need to do. That really should be on your pre-holiday list. If it's not on the pre-holiday list, it better be on the list either during or after the holiday. And I think you know what I'm talking about. We have been speaking about the importance of vaccination. I could tell you as someone who has been vaccinated, the freedom that I am feeling. Being able to go somewhere and know that I'm at least protected. To know that if God forbid, God forbid, I test positive for this terrible disease, 99% chance... I will not be hospitalized and not get anything serious. And that's a really good feeling. We've been asking the people from Joma uh, to join us at different times over the last few weeks. Um, the um, Where am I here? There we are. Uh, we've been asking people from the Jewish Orthodox Women's Medical Association, Joma, to join us just to reiterate how important it is for the community, but for the individual as well, to be vaccinated and to incorporate the vaccine into your schedule as soon as possible. Dr. Ellie Carmody Stone is with us live via telephone, assistant professor at the NYU School of Medicine in the Department of Infectious Disease, and an advisor in the uh, JOMA organization on the Preventative Health Committee. And uh, she can shed some light on this topic, no doubt, for all of us here. At JM in the AM. Uh, doctor, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I- I'm sure you get it, but uh, can you convey to everybody just what I mean when I say freedom? Just what, what I mean when I say that there's a certain atmosphere that I'm now traveling in because I feel protected now that I'm vaccinated? Yeah, I think that's really the most important thing to emphasize is that that feeling that you're you are protected, you do have freedom. You have freedom in your life to see the people who you really want to see. You can for those people who are already vaccinated with you, you can see them without masks. Uh and you know, it's just it really changes your life. It just changes the way in which you go around um I can tell you for myself, you know, I have children, and I, I just feel a little bit more comfortable in taking them out places at this point. Yeah. And, I, I, uh, and I think, you know, even, you know, being at shul and, uh, you know, being with our community, I think that also, you know, I've, certainly I've gotten back to shul. I was away for quite some time. My husband has gone back as well. 
And it's just been such an important part of our lives to to be back yeah. um, and to really be participating fully in the community. No question about it. And I think people who um, who might be skeptical, you got to try it. Try it. You'll see what I mean by freedom, everybody. Dr. Ellie Carmody Stone is with us live via telephone. Our friends from Joma encouraging everybody to get that vaccine as as soon as possible. Look, you're an expert in in preventing infectious disease, and uh, and and you're part of the uh, advisors uh, of the uh, preventive preventative health committee for Joma. Um, am I being accurate? I'm just a regular guy, so I need your confirmation. Am I being accurate that at this point, if God forbid, because we know people who get the flu shot do get the flu sometimes, if God forbid I'm, I test positive, and thank God I never have in the last year, at least I know that I have a 99% chance of never going to a hospital, of never having the severe symptoms, and, you know, it may take a day or two or, or you, know, you know, who knows what may happen over those 24 or 48 hours, but, you know, relatively speaking, I'll be back on my feet at full strength pretty quickly. Does that sound accurate to you? That sounds accurate. And I think, you know, what we have to have in mind is that this virus will be with us for some time, uh, you know, years probably. Um, and at this point, eradication may not be a reasonable goal, meaning like right. we can't eliminate it from our population right at this point. But what we're really trying to do with these vaccines is prevent the complications, prevent the, the, the hospitalizations, prevent the severe disease, the pneumonia, yep. uh, all of the complications that ensue when we have SARS-CoV-2 or can ensue when we have SARS-CoV-2. And I think that you know, the, all of these vaccines do that. All of them prevent severe disease. There's been a lot of talk about the variants and uh, you know, those variants, do they reduce vaccine efficacy? Some do, uh, some don't. I, I think that that's the answer. But even that, uh, even if we see the, the rates of mild disease in people who've been vaccinated go up a touch, I think it's so worth getting this vaccine because you're, you're really going to be able to respond much more effectively to it. And it's, it's you know, you will have mild disease and it, it's, uh, the, the severity will be diminished. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're looking for. Exactly. I mean, you know, there, there are people, like I say, you know, who, who suffer from the flu. And, you know, after a couple of days, they're back on their feet. And obviously the flu shot is not foolproof completely. But where this notion came from that, you know, these 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 wild side effects that, you know, I mean, people joke about growing a third arm, and I get they're not serious when they say that, but I don't know, the, the reputation for this vaccine in terms of what it potentially could do to you, I mean, I, I think we could safely say that at the worst, it would be ineffective, right? I mean, that would be the yeah, worst that thing. would be the worst. <laughs> yeah, and it's not. It's quite effective, and it's quite effective perhaps because it does give you that, that reactogenicity um, is what we call it. Your body reacts to the vaccine. It's, right. it's 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 revving up. It's your, your immune system is working. That's why you may feel out under the weather for a day. You know. Yeah. But by the way, after my after my, I'm glad you brought this up. After my first vaccine, I told this to the audience. After my first vaccine, for about four days, I just didn't feel right. You know, like I went to work and thank God made it through the day, no problem. But I just didn't feel right. And if that's the the yeah. price, if that's the price you pay. So, for, but you're making a larger point, and that is, if you if, if you knock home went through that, that tells us that your body was reacting well to the vaccine. 
Exactly, exactly. So, and again, if you, even if your body does not have that reaction, and, right. and many people do not, people, right. many people feel, you know, very, very mild side effects, if any. That does not mean that your body is not responding. I do want to make that clear. Right. So some people worry that, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I felt fine. <laughs> right. And they <laughs> worry that the vaccine was not working. Uh, but it is, it is. There's just, you know, there's a heterogeneity in, in this, this reaction to the vaccine. And I think that there, you know, but... Regardless, you're going to feel much better. Your your, your the amount of time yeah. that you're going to feel under the weather because of the vaccine is likely going to be much less than if you actually got SARS. Yeah, and, and if part of a good health is what's up here, and I'm pointing to my head, then believe me, uh, you'll feel relieved and, like I say, much more mm-hmm. much more free and uh, and uh, and just a complete feeling of relief once you have that vaccine, everybody. And trust me. The whole mental aspect of this COVID thing for the last year is a really important one. There's no question about that. Uh, Dr. Ali Carmody Stone is with us, assistant professor at NYU School of Medicine, Department of Infectious Diseases, advisor for JOMA and the Preventative Health Committee. JOMA, the Jewish Orthodox Women's Medical Association, trying to educate all of us about the importance of taking this vaccine. Further information, you can go to JOMA.org, J-O-W-M-A.org, the patient EDU tab. At the top of the page is very helpful. The patient EDU tab at the top of the page. Now, obviously, you deal in your line of work, doctor, uh, with, with many communities. I mean, you're, you're meeting people. You know, you're in New York. You're meeting people from everywhere uh, and every background uh, every single day. But c- can you make any observation regarding our community? Do you get the feeling anecdotally that, that we are making progress and spreading the word and getting more and more people uh, to be less hesitant regarding the vaccination? I do, definitely. I do think that that word is spreading. I do have people who, you know, I know in my personal life who were, you know, hesitant, wanted to see how things went out, went right. with the rollout, didn't want to be the first teachers to get vaccinated. And I think that we see now that, you know, more and more, and more people are, are making that step to protect their health and the health of the others around them. Uh, and really to sort of return to, to a normal life. You know, another one of the benefits that I can say about getting a vaccine is, you know, now when you're exposed to somebody who has SARS-CoV-2, um, you know, you, you really may not need to quarantine after that close contact, um, you know, depending on what the situation is. But, you know, I think that, that there's much more freedom once you get this vaccine in, in your work, in your personal life, uh, and, I, I think that people see that now, and I, I think they're making the shift. Oh, by the way, you must you must be completely behind what Madison Square Garden did, because they used to when they opened up, it was all about the you know the negative PCR test. They have just announced mm-hmm. that they're going to let anybody who has proof of vaccination in, and that's that's a big step. Yeah, that's a big step. It's a big step, and it's you know we all want to we all want our economy to start picking up. Yeah. We all want you know to to increase the vibrancy uh, with which we live and in which our community can live. And this is the, this is the way to do it. Uh, Dr. Ellie Carmody Stone, first of all, I'll take this opportunity to wish you a Zisin Pesach, but but no joke what I said earlier. Uh, even if it's Cholamoid, even if it's during the holiday, people should really make an effort to do this as soon as possible, right? Yeah, exactly. And I one of the, the reasons why, you know, we're under some... Uh, you know, we want to do it as soon as possible. It, it is for yourself, yep. um, but it is for everyone. I mean, the, yep. the faster we can get everybody vaccinated, the faster our collective or our community viral load is going to go down. 
the fewer variants that we have taking off and the better off we'll be as a, as a you know as a community as a city as a you know community as a population so i think that that's that's also something to think about you're contributing to the greater good when you do this hey look thank god this pesach's going to look a lot different than last pesach did thank god <laughs> and and you're in the hospital i can imagine i mean i'm sure you have a million stories about what last pesach Looked like. Thank God the, yeah. ho- the holidays, we're not there 100% yet, but thank God it's going to look a lot different than it did last year. Ken, thank you enough yeah. for joining us. Have a wonderful holiday, and uh, and thanks so much for being with us this morning. Oh, thank you so much. Have a wonderful holiday. Dr. Ellie Carmody Stone, um, information, go to the JOMO website and start, if you haven't started yet, start spreading the word and make your vaccine appointment. They're, they're opening it up. There's so many places now. Someone I know went this morning. Listen to this. For those of you who think you have to wait hours for the vaccine, where am I here? I got to read you this. For those of you who think you have to wait hours for the vaccine, I had a similar experience to this. I just got the following text. I walked in at 820. This is at the Javits Center. I walked in at 820, had the shot in my arm at 830. And I had a similar thing right in the, in the middle of the day. I think I walked in like 130 and I was back in an Uber like, you know, 14 minutes later. And it's a big facility with a lot of walking. Anyway, get it done. Information, go to joma.org, J-O-W-M-A.org. The patient EDU tab at the top of the page is very, very helpful. Simple as that. More coming up. It is a, what is today? Anybody know? It is a Wednesday. Tomorrow it's Tanis Bechorim. See him with her right Goldwasser in the 7 o'clock hour tomorrow. See him with her right Goldwasser in the 7 o'clock hour tomorrow. Tomorrow's also Badika's Hummets tomorrow night. Unbelievable. Really unbelievable. We're getting closer and closer to the holiday of Pesach. And I really hope everybody out there has an amazing holiday and does some act of chesed between now and Friday afternoon. Just do something. Make people feel good. Tonight's a good night to just purchase dinner for a family that uh, is going to have a challenge feeding their family a good chametz meal tonight. It's a golden opportunity. Please take advantage. Simple as that. More coming up Wednesday, JM in the AM.
Jay Booksbaum will join us tomorrow. He'll uh, go through some of the kosher wines as so many people will be utilizing their Thursday. For a lot of people, it's their first day off for Yuntif is Thursday. Those who take off for the holiday. A lot of people, including me, will be running around uh, doing errands tomorrow and getting ready for Yuntif. And um, Jay will have some suggestions regarding wine for Pesach tomorrow morning here at JMA. And plus we'll go through the usual questions, those who... Can't have sugar. Those who uh, would prefer white wine, red wine, etc., etc., etc. We'll do all that tomorrow with Jay Booksbaum, Royal Wine Kedem, 
By the way, Mark Zomik is preparing an unbelievable <laughs> Erev Shabbos, essentially Erev Yuntif show for tomorrow night, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. He has an unbelievable show. Um, I, I'm telling you. And it'll be replayed. It'll be replayed 3 a.m. Friday. It'll be replayed 10 a.m. Friday. So that'll be the bulk of our uh, era of Shabbos programming, which, of course, is brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It's actually appropriate that Jay's with us tomorrow because Thursdays every week is when people start thinking about what wine they want for Shabbos. I want to thank the people who brought me two amazing bottles of wine. They know who they are. They brought me some delicious wine from Israel. How do I know it's delicious? Well, by reputation, it's delicious. Can't wait to try it over Yontif. Um. Anyway, so the, and those of you who have taken on our Chesed challenge, remember, take a $4 bottle of wine or a $40 bottle of wine or a $400 bottle of wine and send it to someone for Yontif. Let them know you're thinking of them. Let them know that this, you know, big bill for wine and matzah and eggs and potatoes and onions and everything else that you're using over Pesach is a drop less because uh, you're sending over a bottle or two of wine for them to enjoy and for them to know you're thinking about them and, frankly, to alleviate some of the pressure. And if you could do more, please do more. The Chesed Challenge has been, thank God, an amazing success. I read to you earlier the following... um, The following... Uh, post on our app. It says, Hi, I was so inspired by the Chesed campaign you promoted that I left a bottle of wine on the doorknob of a divorced friend and shipped another, a book for Yuntif. Thank you for inspiring me. Chag Sameach. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, that is pretty cool. No joke. Anyway. Listener Seema wants an update on the Israeli election. I mean, Mayor's going to join us, I would assume, at some point this week. We tried to get him on today, but that didn't work. But Look, the bottom line is Netanyahu is at 59 seats. And as Mayer pointed out in the text that I told you he sent me this morning, it just it looks obvious that it's just going to be another election. So that that's the whole election story in Israel, is that there's going to be another election because Netanyahu can't form a government. Originally, after the election was over, when the polls started to close, it looked like he'd have enough to form a government with 60 seats. But now he's at 59 and likely not to increase. So... Unfortunately, that's the that's the whole election story. Simple as that. It's crazy as it sounds. It, that's what it boils down to. It's as simple as that. It looked like he'd be able to form a government. Now it looks like he can't, and it looks like we're on to another election. Yeah. What can I tell you? Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Malcolm Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. By the way... Artscroll released a statistic in one week. The book about Rabbi Grossman has sold 10,000 copies. My gosh. And by the way, anybody who's reading it that, that, that tells me, no matter what age they are, they're loving it. They're teenagers loving it, obviously older people. It's a really inspiring book. Look, you know what I feel about it. It's an unbelievable book about an unbelievable man and an incredible story. It's called Living Legend. Get it. Go to artscroll.com. Use promo code radio. When you use promo code radio at artscroll.com, you get a big discount and you get free shipping. What's better than that? (laughs) No better feeling when you're ordering on the internet than figuring out a way to get free shipping. (laughs) That is the best. And uh, and with promo code radio at artscroll.com, that's what happens every single time. So 
Tomorrow morning, it's Tanis Bechorim, the fast of the firstborn, pushed from Shabbos morning to Thursday morning. The Siyum with Ray Goldwasser, about 7.10 tomorrow morning. About 7.10 tomorrow morning. By the way, a listener pointed out something that, that could be could prove to be really important where you're staying for Yuntif. I mentioned earlier that unlike most Pesach Sturm on the first night, uh, it's going to start much later this year because, you know, you're coming out of Shabbos. You can't do anything till Shabbos is over. Um, so usually, you know, the first Seder starts earlier than the second Seder for that reason. But this year, right, and this year, you know, again, because you're coming out of Shabbos, it's going to be pretty late. But this listener pointed out to be aware of the fact, especially for those of you out there in the audience who keep Shabbos as long as possible, the longest, you know, halachically uh, suggested or, or, you know, the, the, long, the, the longest suggested time, uh, that once you hit the first Zman, the first time limit of Shabbos being over, what most people would say 42, 45, 50, whatever custom they have in terms of minutes after Shkia, after sunset, you are allowed to start setting the table and prepare for the Seder. Uh, you, you can't do a malacha that you might be allowed to do on Yontif, uh, that you wouldn't be able to do in that short period of time. But in terms of setting the table, you could do so once uh, once Shabbos is over, you know, according to the first man, quote-unquote. So I thought that was an interesting point to point out because, frankly, for a lot of people who would gain 20, 25 minutes in terms of preparation, let say Shabbos, and a lot of people want to get the Seder started so that the uh, kids will be uh, awake for as long as possible. So I thought that was a practical when – when he first told me this, I didn't think there was a practical implication. But then as I thought about it, I said, yeah, that actually uh, could practically work. Um, that to the benefit of people out there. So, again, something to keep in mind as we get closer to this unique Pesach of a Shabbos being Erev Pesach. So Rabbi Goldwasser and the Tanis Bechorim Siyam in the early, early part of the 7 o'clock hour tomorrow morning, about 7.10 uh, in that area. Jay Booksbaum will join us. We'll talk about kosher wine, as I mentioned. And um, just trying to think what else. Bedika Schametz is tomorrow night. Bedika Schametz is tomorrow night. Um, what what will happen will be we will do the usual bracha and kol chamira tomorrow night, but when we burn the chametz Friday morning, we'll do so without saying anything, and the kol chamira that you would generally say in the morning at the burning of the chametz is said Shabbos morning once you've gotten rid of uh, whatever leftover chametz there is. And, of course, on all of this, you should be consulting with your local rabbi because I'm just a regular guy who likes to follow this stuff. So I'm hope I'm hoping and relatively confident that I'm giving accurate information <laughs> regarding all of this. Our Chesed campaign continues. Two more days uh, for the uh, It Takes Two campaign. Do something nice, and then when they, uh, when whoever it is that's a recipient of your kindness thanks you, encourage them to do something similar for somebody else before. Uh, Erev Shabbos this coming Friday, or before Shabbos starts this coming Friday. Achenu Yisrael and Achim brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. One listener says we went to a bookstore and there were too many choices of books. We didn't know what to buy. So I remembered what you said about Rabbi Grossman. I made my choice. Can't wait to read it. <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I don't think you'll regret it. It's an amazing book. 
Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Plenty more tomorrow starting at 6 a.m. And, of course, plenty all day long, including Avrami's live lunch starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Make sure to join him. And have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.